All right, let's welcome everybody into the Real Kipper and Bourne Show on the No NHL Games Tonight edition of our show. Oh, no, what is this? No NHL Games. It's November. I don't know what this is. This is like, <laughs> uh, like there. there's a house leagues that play more than the Leafs in the last two weeks. Yeah. Yep. Son plays once a week. That is the zig- like more than the zigzags have played the same amount this week <laughs> as the Leafs have. How are the zigs doing? Uh, shout out my boy Maddie. Took All a bad right. spill last night. Yeah, heal up, son. Yeah. Okay, this is how slow of a week it is. You're sending me clips yeah. of your men's league game yeah. last night. We did watch night. the hit, and yeah. I think the league should review it. I didn't like the play. It was Marshawn Desk. Didn't like the response from the boys. Okay, who got hurt? <laughs> uh, shout out Matty Hughes. It's my Matty Hughes. My good buddy, yeah. On a scale of, Olympic athlete. On a scale of one to ten, mm-hmm. where do you have Matty as a skater? On our team? Yeah. The best skater on our team, for sure. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he's really he's a good. Not player. according to the clip I saw. <laughs> Yeah, the, all the guys on the other team listen to the show too. It's so their Sammy, their Chirp. Like it's a, it was a bad scene at the end of the so, game. In all seriousness, yeah. he broke his leg. No, he what? separated his shoulder. Oh, separated yeah. his shoulder. Yeah. Okay, that's a little better we, than broken I, leg. At first, we thought it was collarbone. It was a bad scene. He handled it like a man, so it was bad. But oh. we we got the win. Okay, <laughs> good luck you, to you, pal. You do realize, yeah. all of you, that you have to get up. The next day and go to work. Yeah, that's the thing is. What different. is the point of Maddie going that hard in for a puck? So <laughs> he's a Olympic athlete. He represented Canada in steeplechase okay. our, for our country. I didn't see any horses last no. night on the ice. <laughs> and he has the, he's got that competitiveness. Yeah. Right? Like he's just, he's a competitive, and I'm not like that. I don't play hard. I don't skate he's hard. It's just a reckless play by that D-man yeah. going in after that puck yeah. in his Agreed. feet. I, I skate with the guys every Thursday morning, you know, and Lindros, and mm-hmm. you know, not yeah. the name of drop him, drop him. In that moment, right? probably looks like you Thomas get Cameron. it. No, you get it. Oh, listen! If you want the puck that badly, you can have it. You can have it. <laughs> it's the matador, it, you know, l- whatever. All you pal, whatever. Yeah, but I do not want to envision driving through traffic. <laughs> To go get therapy in the next four to six weeks. That sounds so, like my style of hockey. How does how's it everyone's games shaping up? Like whose games age the best at that skate? Thomas Gabriel hasn't missed a beat. Okay, he's a few lbs <laughs> uh, ahead of where he was. Yeah, right. aren't we all? But the mind <laughs> yeah. is as good as when he played. Yeah, he very. It's like playing with Lidstrom out there, where it's like, can you just be out of position once? Yeah. For me, please. Okay. So he's he's. Still... Can you not make the best pass all the time when you've got two or three options? Is yeah. there one time when you can give it away? Like I'm really still impressed with Thomas Carroll. The best old guys I've skated with, um, God rest his soul, Dale Howarchuk, before he passed, was still <laughs> unbelievable, silky, and Brian Trotche is still really, really good. And I mean, the other, they, but those guys were unbelievable I mean, those were like NHL all time yeah. NHL great. <laughs> so you know, imagine they'd still be decent <laughs> in hockey. The, the, the other goal that we have, at least I do, every Thursday, is just to avoid accidentally making contact with the biggie. Oh yeah, well he is. He a can accidentally crush machine. you. <laughs> I, like it's, yeah, it's just not fun going for a loose puck. With him, yeah, and he's actually in good shape. It's not like he's, yeah, no, you he's know, just a he's big man. he's just a 
big man. Yeah. No, that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm with you there. If you would like to have the puck, I'll try to get it back but, in other ways, but not going to contest this puck battle. Yeah, All right. it, was, it was a clean game, though, up until that point. Wasn't anything bad with well, any chicanery, and it just, it just Maddie, was a freak injury. Get, get the shoulder better. Yep. We need, a, we need you bad. We've got a, a great show. Oh, yeah. Absolutely great show. In we a few do. minutes, we're going to get uh, Jimmy Ralph, friend of the show. And then in about 20 minutes, we're going to have Hall of Famer Henrik Lundqvist join us. Please tell me it's just a phone call <laughs> no, and not a no, Zoom call. Man on camera. It's Zoom. You guys are dead. Uh, <laughs> done. 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 Has he gotten better looking yes. since he's retired? Absolutely. He's aging like a fine wine, that guy. It's crazy. It is nuts. So we're looking forward to that. Um, in the meantime, should we be giving uh, – I, I know we – we tagged yesterday's show as the Willie Nylander edition of our show. She also mentioned our other guest. Justin Williams is coming on in the second oh, hour. Oh, that's Big right. Day. Big day. That's the national hour. That's the national hour gets Justin Williams. Yeah. So we're jam-packed for a quiet night in the NHL. <laughs> quiet week. <laughs> There's no games Thursday night either. No. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Thanksgiving. Oh, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving. American Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, this so, is weird, though, this leave schedule. Yeah. Like to like, you know, you go away, I get that. But this isn't the time of year where you're usually like stretching for hockey games to talk about. It's November. This and they is play they... at two o'clock on Friday. Yes. Our show is five to six that yeah, day. Yeah, so we're doing a we're doing a, a post game show for that. Yeah. But like it's very weird to be sitting here in November talking about three games in twelve days. Like I, I yes. it's it's hard to Imagine remember if anytime. They'd lost a few going into this. What if they had lost both going like we'd just be killing them? And we well, still with, are. With absolutely <laughs> nothing are. to talk about, this is a perfect time to bring in <laughs> Jim Ralph. Ralphie, um, we're, I'm not even gonna, we're not even going to ask you questions. Should you just go into your, um, your, your um, appearance routine for us and entertain us for the next 45 minutes? Yeah, I'll start with the Kalamazoo game in 84, Captain <laughs> <laughs> How are you? We uh, we lost nine eight, but I shut him out in the third. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a pretty pretty good night. All good, thanks. How are you guys doing? We're we're doing well. Um, where do we start? Do we start with uh, you know what you were able to see uh, coming out of Sweden outside of the four points and uh, Willie getting every Leaf player discounts at the IKEA? Uh, what did you see coming out of the uh, the two wins? Uh, you know, it's funny. Every year you say the same thing. They start slow in October, and you're thinking one day it's going to burn them, and then it's almost like a switch goes off at the end of the month. And then you start saying, but boy, this guy's dominant and they're doing this better. I I personally think the uh, the big story, as much as Nylander has been in, in Sweden and everything else, is only seven goals against in the last three games. Mm-hmm. Because I think that was that was the number one concern that – uh, they had to get through. And I think when you look over at Edmonton, um, you know, they similar to the Leafs, except that they haven't been able to outscore their problems early in the season. So uh, I, I thought sort of the, you know, very subtly, uh, they've been much better defensively. That, um, that That's, to me, going to be more of a lasting impression than, uh, you know, the great storyline of Willie Nylander going home. Ralphie, then, if you're talking about keeping pucks out of our, their net, we'd be fools not to ask you about their goaltending, your specialty. Um, Joe Wall looked pretty good last game. What are your thoughts on where their crease is at? Like, these guys going to be good enough? Do you like one or the other? What, do you, what are your thoughts on Leafs goaltending? Well, you know what, Barney? I, I think it's, uh, I always 
subscribe to the old adage that you've got to play well enough to give your goaltender a chance to be good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they've cut down on the odd man rushes. Um, I, I think when I found that uh, early on in the season, and whether it's just fluke or, or something they actually have to work on, how many point shots through screens they've given up. And, you know, a certain amount of that is good fortune for the opposition, you know, to get it through. But it seems like everything is going, it's either five hole or under the crossbar. Um, you know, two of the three goals that Wall gave up uh, Sunday uh, were from the high slot, between the high slot or the uh, the top of the circles and the blue line. So, um, you know, that's that's one thing I think that uh, you, know, you wanted to see more from, from, you know, Wall of late and Samson off of, as well as, you know, trying to battle to find, uh, those point shots now, you know, sometimes they get redirected and there's nothing you can do. But I think, uh, you know, the better the team plays around them, uh, just give them an opportunity to be good. Take away the rebounds. Uh, try to keep as much as you can to the outside and let them do their jobs and not get to the point where they're guessing who might be open in the back door or, you know, that they've got to guess three plays ahead to do their job uh, where you just focus on where the puck is. We're joined by... Jim Ralph, Toronto Maple Leaf Radio color analyst. Uh, Ralphie, uh, another day off uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, which uh, gets them ready for the weekend in Chicago, 2 p.m. on Friday. And then what is perceived as a bigger test against the likes of Crosby, Carlson, and Gino. Where would you lean first on, on the start Friday? Wall, and who, who gets the bigger test Saturday night? Uh, I, I think I go back to Samson on Friday. Uh, the, the one I know, Joseph Wall, is uh, I think his career numbers. He's eleven and one now on the road uh, career. So I, I don't think it matters from Wall's standpoint. You know, it, he had some big games. You know, earlier this year on the road, where he was the best player in the least win in Washington. He was great in Dallas. Got the win in relief in, in Tampa. So I don't think you're you're concerned about. Uh, having to test him, but but I think I'd just go back to Samsonov to get him back in the rotation. And you know he's had back-to-back games where he's only given up two goals. So um, I would go back with him and you know throw uh, Joseph Wall to the Wolves in Pittsburgh. One of the things I think we probably haven't discussed enough on our show recently is that Matthews and Marner have been kind of okay. You know they've been good, they, you know as they're expected to be, but they haven't been maybe as electric. Um, as expectations, am I crazy in thinking that despite a pretty good start here, there's still more to be more to be had out of their top unit? No, not at all. But but I also think it's great that you know the Calgary or the uh, the game against Vancouver, the third or the fourth line scores twice. Yeah, because when Matthews and Marner are going well, and Tavares and Nylander are scoring, we're saying they, they haven't had secondary scoring, and that's what you need. Well, you know, once you get to the playoffs, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right, because I think they both had a stretch where they had one point in four games, but they'd won three of them, so it was, you know, it, it wasn't a story or an issue. So, um, I mean, I don't think there's any concern about them or worry. I, mean, I think the the huge bonus is, is you're not relying on the same two guys every night to win hockey games. And, um, you know, Willie's, you know, sort of putting himself in the conversation as, as being, you know, a, a top five player in the NHL. Um you know, if you can get four lines contributing, you know, at different times, um, you know, I think that's huge. And, and, you know, especially when you looked at, you know, the struggles of the fourth line at the start of the year, I think you've got to be more thrilled with what you've seen in the last, you know, few games, um, you know, since McMahon has been called up than, 
um, you know, criticizing, you know, maybe not getting the production from the top guys. So I, I, I would look at that as a positive Borny is that where you're not talking about it simply because they're winning. Mm-hmm. Ralph, it's hard to talk Willie Nylander without linking him to his contract. It's just uh, they're hand in hand. And uh, how do you see this thing playing out? Obviously, the price of poker has gone up since the, the Leafs' last <laughs> offer in the off season. But would you see it as a as a scenario where if if you're Leafs' ownership management, that you'd want to get this thing done sooner than later, or do you do you let it run its course and worry about it after? Uh, I mean, I think obviously you'd like to get it done. Um, you know, and the, the, there's always a risk on the player's side if there's, you know, any kind of injury or whatever that, you know, you lose the security of, of having that guaranteed income. So, uh, but I think, yeah, from a lease standpoint, uh, I think you'd like to get it done sooner. Uh, what do they figure the cap's going to go up? Five, four and a half, five? I think we're looking at maybe an, an 88 million, which would mm-hmm. put it around the four or five you're talking about. Yeah, I'd, I'd just say, Willie, back the truck up. You know, once once we get the go-ahead that the cap's going up, and uh, I mean, it, it's sad to say, but I mean, you know, I, I think you've got to give him the difference of, of whatever the cap goes up. So I think that that's sort of the positive side is that that money will be there. The negative side is you've still got guys like Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi that are on one-year deals, and either you re-sign them or um, or you do the same thing where, you're, you know, you're going to have to walk and, and find – somebody affordable to replace them. So how do you feel overall the Leafs are positioned this November 21st? Um, by the way, happy birthday to my mother. Let's um, <laughs> slide that in there. Um, how do you think they're positioned right now compared to the previous seasons where it's it's another all-in season? Do you like this iteration of the, of the Leafs compared to previous ones? Uh, well, like I said, Barney, it's, it's the same. It's been the same script so far. I know. Uh, all kinds of problems in October that you think, my God, you know, they, they, they could even be in a battle to even make the playoffs. They're going, well, boy, uh, you know, you like this. And they, you know, then last year, you know, when they had uh, the likes of Ryan O'Reilly and Luke Shen, you say, boy, they, you know, they addressed some of the, um, the issues they were having. And, you know, so it's, it's hard to say in, in November that, uh, you know, you feel better or worse. I think what you feel better about is, is the, um, really the emergence of Willie Nylander, who was, I think, arguably the best player in the playoffs last year. I think that's, you know, he might be the one guy that you say, you know, if you get everybody else going, Willie Nylander could still be the guy that that leads you. Mm-hmm. Ralphie, uh, you, more of the same, you kind of mentioned it, in, including that uh, I think the, the – the heaviness of Orion Reeves isn't there. Uh, their best hockey probably coming with him out of the lineup. Do you envision him finding any sweet spot uh, to contribute this season consistently? Uh, I think it's tough. I mean, I, I and, and you feel for him because you know it, it seemed like, and then Sheldon Keith did bring it up. I mean, what is he minus eleven? Uh, I think which is a team worse where it seemed like. Uh, even when he's not directly involved in any mistake, he just seemed to be, you know, that circumstance was that uh, he was on the ice. And then, of course, as soon as you make the change, the fourth line scores two goals against Vancouver of all teams. So it's, um, you know, the worst case scenario for him was, you know, not only, you know, the bad timing of being on the ice, uh, 
Um, but as soon as you sit in the press box, the fourth line takes off. You know, that's like having the fifth goalie called up and getting a start of Hitty, and he goes back to back shutouts. Is on. Yeah, man, I know I know where I am in the depth chart now. So I can't, uh, you know, and it, it still reminds me of the playoffs when, um, you know, Wayne Simmons and, and uh, Kyle Clifford were both in the lineup for game one against Tampa. Clifford took a 5 nut major. Uh, by game three, both of them were out of the lineup. So it, um, I, I think the game is just different enough now that, you know, it's great to say that you've got the muscle and the grit and everything else. But uh, if you can't contribute Beyond that, I, I think it, it sort of throw things up in the air and, and try to find the combinations that work. You know, th- it is typical of us to be talking about that part of the Leafs lineup because typically the top guys are pretty good. We're always trying to, you know, consider the fill-in guys and, and what they can add. You know, I, I'm working on a piece for tomorrow about the Leafs decor this season. One of the guys who we almost never discuss who has been maybe not quite as good is TJ Brody for me. I don't know if, if you disagree there or not, but they're looking for solid D out of their, you know, Riley, their go-to guys, basically McCabe, Geo, and, and Brody. He's been okay. Like, do you feel like this Leafs team, when they're fully healthy, has a decor they can win with, or do they still need to make some changes there? Uh, I mean, you've still got that element that, uh, you know, is the reason you brought in Luke Shen last year, where you, you want the guy that, um, is for lack of a better term, to be the slug in your own end. That he's going yeah. to be physical. Um, you know, he's going to try to get away with as many slashes and cross checks in front of the net as possible, and uh, you know, strike a little bit of fear in the opposition if they're coming through the middle of the ice with their head down. And uh, I think it's safe to say right now they don't have that. Uh, but but I also think Borny, what gets lost in the conversation, especially with you know how bad as a defensively as a team they were in October. Uh, I think Morgan Riley's been fantastic. He has, yeah. Again, yeah. You know, like it's it's one of those where uh, you notice him, whether it's jumping up into the play, and I think he got caught, uh, it was a game against Minnesota Sunday. He got he turned the puck over at center, and then he was the first guy back to break the play up in his own end. I think when, uh, when he's got the Jets going like that, um, you know, he's a force. But like I said, because they were so bad as a team defensively, a lot of his plays sort of got... Uh, um, you know, ignored, but uh, I think he's been good. Um, and, and it's funny, he was talking to my son about this. The, you know, everybody's saying, well, Klingberg, he's going to be the next Justin Hall and the next Larry Murphy. And I think Dirk A. Lumi went through it, and Todd Gill. And uh, we were saying, like, one of the reasons that, you know, a fan base will pick on a certain player is because they're educated. You know, I, with all due respect to fans, yeah. say, in Florida, they may not know who the five, six defensemen are, let alone what mistake they made in the Seattle game, you know? Yeah. So I think that's just, um, you know, it's probably more a part of the uh, the problem at times playing the big market is that you've got these rabid fans that notice everything. And, uh, you know, and I think that's why certain guys do want to shy away from it. Last night, Ralphie, we saw the Lightning uh, take two points while the Bruins took one in a 5-4 uh, overtime win for the Lightning. We saw the Panthers take two points off of the Oilers. Is this now the, the time where these four teams separate themselves in the Atlantic from the likes of a, a Detroit, a Buffalo, uh, an Ottawa? Is this just a matter of where the Leafs fit in from one to four here? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I still think, uh, you know, I, I think Ottawa is going to get better. I still think uh, Detroit's going to cause all kinds of problems for teams. 
Um, but yeah, I, I will admit I'm a little surprised that, uh, you know, Florida is getting traction again. Uh, you thought maybe, you know, a team, you can talk about going to the Stanley Cup finals, but it's also a team made the playoffs because Pittsburgh couldn't beat Chicago in the last week. So I, I thought just maybe you'd see a bitter, uh, bigger slip by Florida, but they've, uh, they've continued. I actually watched the, uh, the Edmonton Florida game last night. And, um, I guess thank God, uh, thank God they're not Edmonton <laughs> because, they, <laughs> because uh, I'd probably be on a lot more regularly with you. Yes, <laughs> you would. You would. Hey, listen, in uh, about, uh, what, uh, 10 minutes or so, we're going to have Henrik Lundqvist on a Zoom call. So he's coming on camera on our show. If the reason why you didn't choose to come on a Zoom call because you're following up Henrik, I, w- I just want to tell you, I totally get it. <laughs> I totally well, get it. I'm not... Uh... I'm not trying to brag, but you had me on first. <laughs> That's right. We'll I, let him know too. I was the first. I was the first overall pick today. Yeah, Kipper. So yeah, and uh, and I'm I'm a little familiar with his work, but uh, uh, you can ask him about me if you want. <laughs> I will for sure, Ralphie. <laughs> Thanks, Ralphie. Thanks and for doing this, pal. Kalamazoo game. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ralphie. Appreciate it, pal. All right. Thanks, boys. Bye. Tim, Ralph. As always, as entertaining as he is, informative on uh, Toronto Maple Leaf broadcasts. Yeah, um, I love the thing he said about the whipping boy. Yeah, because the fans know what's going on here. Yeah, it's just like yeah, they're the fifth or sixth worst guy on a team, and the, that means they're going to make the more mistakes. Yep. And uh, educated fan base that watches every game super closely is going to notice those things more, which makes them more of a whipping boy. So I was digging through some numbers today, and I'm going to write about Leafs D tomorrow. Mm. But one of the Klingberg stuff is, man, it's unfortunate. He is, out of 149 defensemen who play, have played 200 minutes this year, mm-hmm. he was 148th at D zone denials. So basically anyone coming down on him just gets in the zone. And he was near the bottom, like the bottom few in gap distance between people coming at him. Like he's just sagged way in, can't deny the line. Boy. Just every stat, it was ugly. He's had an ugly start here in Toronto. D- dare people. I ask who was 149? Oh, I don't remember who it was off the top of my head. But I, I will say that the story is going to be about the Leafs' gaps and how the four defensemen who play the most for them um, are in the bottom... 30D in the league in gap distance. They're all backed way off. You know, and Brody is part of, you know, why I brought him up today is his numbers are just different than last year. He's not defending the line as well. He's backing in further. He's not breaking pucks out as well. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's a good, really good barometer of where a, de- a defenseman's at with the, the distance of the gaps that they yeah. have. Yeah. And I didn't know they kept the stat. I found it just playing around on SportLogic's site, and I was like, uh, that seems cool. That's very interesting. Yeah. Do you remember the best was? God, awesome. I know that some uh, like good skaters were up there. It was like Eric Carlson and John Marino, and you know, like some fleet of foot guys yeah. who were comfortable. Mark Giordano was back. not, yeah, in that group of players. Watching uh, the Florida Panthers play last night against the Edmonton Oilers, uh, and we'll get into the more Edmonton side of it uh, in our national hour. But like, that team looks kind of like where they picked up. That Florida team looked like the one we watched beat the Leafs. Yeah, I thought that last night too. I, like, listen, it's regular season, and you're not gonna. The intensity isn't there. 
But mm-hmm. you can see signs last night of a Florida Panther team that just recently added Ekblad and, and Montour to that closing of the gap. And it being... was Gustav Forsling from Florida. Florida has he, Forsling has the best gaps in the league. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and I watched it again last night. Yeah. And it's like I said, between Boston, Florida now, and and, and Tampa Bay. I mean, the Leafs. They're they're in it, but you you don't necessarily know where they're going to end up when it's all said and done. And you know what, though? Uh, you talk about that Florida team. Kachuk said to Sportsnet, David Amber, those that crew last night, they wanted to take it in the alley with Edmonton, and they were a little bit more emotional in that game. And you could see, I think that's why it looked like playoffs for them. You're like, oh, right. Yeah. When they turn it up, there's another gear there with that. Team. Half a dozen uh, scrums and getting... Evander Kane to take maybe a, a penalty or two that he'd love to have back based on maybe his emotion. One, three last one, night. One, one was drawn on Matthew Kachuk, which played totally in his hand. Yeah, right after a goal too, right? Yeah. Like he had just scored and then took the penalty. Yeah, they have 25 points through 18 games. The 12 and 12 And they and haven't had Montour Ekblad until last night. Montour looked good to me last night too. So. Yeah. It's a tough division. Yeah. This Tampa Bay and Boston, yeah. of course, split three points last night. If you're a Leafs fan, you're going, awesome. Of course that game goes to if, overtime. If if you're Brad Tree living now, and unfortunately, <laughs> uh, you know, you've you've lost a little bit on, on that physicality of the the edge just alone because Ryan Reeves can't hold a regular spot on the fourth line. Yep. Do you now move forward thinking that Yes, Boston's sitting at the top of the Atlantic Division, but it's really, I have to find a way to think that, can I get through a Florida Panther team again in a best of seven? I mean, any of these teams that you would have to play, whether it's Boston, Tampa, Florida, whoever, you're going to need some of that element. You know, like that is something they ha- they will look every year here covering this yeah. Leafs team. It's, you know, yeah. how do they get in a gritty depth guy? Sam Lafferty would have helped. Ah, that hurts. You know what another, I saw another, the other day? Though, last yeah, night. No, you, you know, and it doesn't kind of match. For me, it just doesn't match up. But it's worth noted that I think the Leafs on on hits are the second in the league. Yeah, they're high. They're really high. Hmm. But I just don't know if it transcends into this this uh drag you into the alley kind of feel. I will say there the are Florida moments Panthers you're seeing have. Austin Matthews like body someone once in a while, but yeah, it's a different type, right? They, there's but Gregor's that. been consistent on taking yep. the body. They've got some guys with some high numbers that finish checks and they'll run India. Yeah. Which has, has got to help for sure. But to what degree in terms of your, how you're personified uh, around yeah, like, the league, you know, camp is not a big, aggressive player but he'll bump into people and all that so it, it's a different type of thing that you're talking about physical play versus just being an agitator i guess take a break frank all right we're gonna take a break um we're all gonna go um grab a quick shower and do our hair before we go to henrik lundquist uh, after the break can we ask him about how long he blow dries his hair for? <laughs> please don't all right the very handsome <laughs> henrik lundquist hall of famer and he's on our show after the break, don't miss it. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, as promised before the break, let's welcome in Hall of Famer and the only goalie in history to record 1130 wins in his first 12 seasons in the National Hockey League. Well, let's welcome in the most Hampson, <laughs> handsomeness, there it is, handsomest man in NHL history, Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, I'm so nervous. And I, I didn't get a chance to shower up or comb my hair with you on a screen with us. I'm so nervous. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Hey, thanks. Thanks for joining yeah, us. Um, just take us back a week ago and just the whole experience of, of what you went through uh, in a full circle moment of, of a Hall of Fame. And uh, does, it, does it seem surreal? Were you able to absorb it all? Yeah, you know, what an incredible weekend. I'm so grateful to, you know, in life you don't get that many opportunities to just gather friends, family, you celebrate. Uh, obviously, you celebrate the career a little bit, but most importantly, you just share uh, an incredible weekend with people. That means so much to me. And, um, you know, the staff at the Hall of Fame was incredible setting everything up and and. Obviously, Monday was extremely special to have that ceremony. That that for me was when it really hit home. And, and I have to say to have uh, Patrick Raw hand the plaque to me, that, mm-hmm. that was special. Uh, growing up, I was a you know huge fan. It was a big inspiration to me. Uh, so in a way, it was really full circle in that, in that moment for me. Well, that was, uh, yeah, really special, and congrats on that from all of us. That was pretty pretty awesome to watch. Uh, I can imagine that you and a lot of the other big-name Swedish hockey players were paying attention to the games going on in Stockholm over the past week. Willie Nylander, the very guy who took you out after a big Swedish victory, is the hero. <laughs> what were your thoughts? Did you hear anything about the response in Sweden from having the uh, the four NHL teams there? Well, uh, first off, I'm just so happy for him. I know how special it is to, you know, as a Swede, go back to Sweden and play there. And then you're obviously extremely proud to represent your team in the NHL. But to get an opportunity to to play those games overseas means a lot. Uh, I did it with the Rangers, and it was an incredible experience. And for him to have that weekend, a week, uh, I mean, I've been paying attention to his game here over the last couple of years. And, um it's just taking it to the next level right now he's so fun to watch he's so powerful and skilled uh you know i remember the first time i i ran into him when i was playing with his dad michael back in 0506 he was a tiny little kid but you can see his talent but still it's a long way to go from being a talented little kid to you know to be where he's at right now i'm, I'm just so impressed henrik um as far as Willie's concerned with his situation in, in Toronto, you had a similar situation where you were looking at unrestricted free agency. And the thought process is your, your heart was first and foremost in New York. You ended up managing to sign a seven-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. Can you run parallels to what maybe Willie might be going through and, and describe the process that you went through to come to the conclusion that New York was the city that you wanted to be in for the next seven years? Yeah, I think for me, 
year one, year two in the league, you're kind of fighting for your life a little bit. You just want to establish yourself. It doesn't matter what you accomplished overseas, national team or winning championships. You're kind of starting over. So you establish yourself the first couple of years. And then, you know, for me, I started to create all these uh, relationships and, and, and how much I cared and, and really enjoyed playing for the Rangers just grew for each year. So it was never really a, a question going elsewhere when, you know, there was time to talk about that big deal and a long-term commitment. Um, so for him, obviously, it's it's very personal for everyone, wherever they're playing and, and different reasons why, why you want to stay. But um, I can only speak for myself. And for me, it, it, it was not really a, a long thought process. I knew early on New York was the place for me and, and, and it was my home and, and I just enjoyed so much being part of the organization and, and the city. Uh, but of course, it's it's a it's an exciting time for him right now. The way he's playing and uh, obviously a lot of people are talking about him and his game and what's next. Uh, I think the most important thing is just you, you worry about the game and the rest will, will take care of itself. Yeah, you know, that's... Um... That certainly is the case for forwards, and I know for for goaltenders as well. It's like it's such a mental thing getting a good place to to play well to be a goaltender, probably more so than any other position. And I wanted to get your thoughts on the state of NHL goaltending today. I just kind of want to get your thoughts on on why there aren't any. Sorry, great. I shouldn't say there aren't any. There aren't as many guys where it's Patrick Waugh or it's Henrik Lundqvist or it's Marty Broder. There seems to be a lot of tandems. You don't see guys play in 60 games. You know, the sort of evolution of the position. Why is it that we don't have as many guys that stand out in the way that you guys did in your primes? Well, a couple of things. I think the game has changed a little bit. You you can't have guys play 65, 70 games, which was the case. When I entered the league, there was a bunch of us, we... we we were on the 70 mark all the, all the time. Uh, I think now the game is uh, is more intense. And, and uh, obviously, uh, they also start looking at numbers to have a long, uh, successful year. You, you want to um, cut down the number of games guys are playing. Uh, but also, you have to remember how many starters actually left the league between 2019 and 22. It was a, I saw a list uh, a few weeks ago. There was a lot of guys that, that played a lot of minutes, played a lot of games that, that left the league. So obviously there, there's a transition there, a uh, new generation of goaltenders. Uh, so that in combination with guys playing less games, I, I think uh, I, that, that's just the, the new look of the league now. We're talking We're looking to ha- at 50, 55 games maybe. We're talking to Henrik Lundqvist, uh, New York Ranger, great and hockey Hall of Famer, currently a TNT hockey analyst. Just staying on this subject for uh, a second, Henrik, what about the way we're teaching the kids the position? And, you know, I'm watching most often than not uh, this reverse VH that uh, drives <laughs> me nuts, Henrik. I got to be honest with you. Like, yeah. Uh, why did they always stand up for me and they didn't give me any of the top net and all of a sudden I see everybody going high over the shoulders, but it just seems like everybody's taught a certain style now and there's less personality in the position than we had with the likes of uh, the great ones, including yourself. Yeah, it's definitely a new look. Uh, I think over the last 10 years, you've seen a lot of new um movements uh you know the the way 
guys are moving from the post and out, but also on, on their knees. They use it a lot more. Uh, personally, I was never a fan of the reverse VH'd. Uh, I was also, I think, a mix of old and new, so I never really got into it. But I agree with you. That there's definitely an overusage of it at times. Some guys master it, and some guys, I think, need to just understand when to use it and when to be on their feet. Um, but, you know, if you look at goaltending, how much it's developed over the last 10, 15 years, I think you see guys start doing certain things and then they have to bring it back because you're adjusting to the shooters the way the shooters are adjusting to goalies. So uh, this year we've seen a lot of goals going in um, in the reverse VH position. So maybe we'll see less of it. Um, but I hear you. I really do. So how much did you pay attention to the evolution of the position while you were playing? Because it does feel like the position has changed. As you got on in your career, were you reading about what other people were doing, talking to other goalie coaches, or are you just like, I'm really good at this. I'm not changing anything. <laughs> well, I was lucky. I had probably the best goaltender, goaltending coach uh, in the business with Benoit Lair. Right. So we were on the same page right away, talking about the position and, and, we didn't really change much over the 15 years. Of course, throughout my career, there were small adjustments here and there, but um, you definitely pay attention. But you also have to understand what's going to make me good. Just because it's working for other guys doesn't mean that's going to work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember watching pa- or Dominic Hasek. I'm, I'm at probably 15 years old. It was the first time I saw goalie do go down, paddle down. So the next day I, I tried out in practice. It's like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So of course you have moments like that where you try certain things, but then you have to think about, will this fit my style of play? I'm six one. I, I was never, you know, a big goalie. So certain moves, especially the revi- uh, reverse VH, um, I leave a lot of room open up top if I'm if I'm down on my knees too much. So from my era to where we are today, we've seen the New York Rangers go from Mike Richter to you, to Shesterkin, and I'm like, how lucky can one organization get here? Uh, in, in you watching the New York Rangers here, how how close is this team? Uh, I'm really impressed, and, and we talked about this on air last night, actually, just how ready they looked already in game one and two, and to me, it was the positioning, it was the reads, uh, and a lot of times when you have a new head coach come in and change the system a little bit, you you need a few weeks, sometimes a month, to to make it click. But for them, it, they were ready to go. And their top guys are performing extremely well. Uh, they're getting a lot of big efforts from the third and fourth line. So right now, they're very well balanced, you know, from goaltender and out and special teams. Obviously, their power play clicking over 30%. I think right now in this league, five on five is pretty tough. But if you have a killer power play, it's going to win you so many games. Henrik, uh, last one for me, and we've got you on during our Leafs hour, so I have to ask you a Leafs-related question by law. Uh, the goalies here are Samsonov and Wall. Um, I-, I wanted to get your thoughts on, if not Samsonov specific- specifically, but the type of goaltender like him who he can be very busy, like he's athletic and he there seems to be a lot of movement. You know, what are your thoughts? We often hear when a guy's playing well, he's quiet or, you know, in the net or whatever, that doesn't seem to be Samsonov's style. Is quiet always a good thing, or is that a varied thing from goalie to goalie? Again, I think goaltending is is 
is about playing to your strength. Okay. And and you look around the league right now, there's so many different styles. There's different ways of doing it. In the end, it comes down to stopping the puck, but there's different ways of doing it. Uh, but the one thing you can be sure of is any goaltender in this league benefits from good structure in their own end. It makes it so much easier to make decisions, even if it's a clear shot. If you as a goalie know that your D-man or force are taking up their, their guys and you can really focus on the shooter, it makes your game so much easier. So sometimes, you know, you focus so much on the goaltender and less on the structure in their own end. Um, but listen, playing, playing in Toronto, you're under a microscope. There's no question about it. And when you play in New York, uh, there's no question about it that there has to be some star quality. And, you know, uh, Sometimes I, it drives me nuts when people are really good at everything, but you're the exception because I really like you and admire you. <laughs> but, you know, when I think of New York, I do think of that star attraction, like a Jeter, a Manning. I saw Messier when I was there and, and you. And it just seems like everything comes naturally to you, whether it's in net or playing the guitar on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And, like, were you always this way even as a kid? Did you ever sweat or get nervous at all? Why is it so natural for you? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I do sweat. I do get nervous. <laughs> I, make a lot, I, I make a lot of mistakes, but uh, I just try to have fun, you know? And, and to me, we talked earlier about uh, how well the city fit me and how much I enjoy being here. And, and part of it is just the opportunity of doing different things and meeting people. And the one word that keeps coming back to me is opportunity in this city. So I really enjoyed myself throughout my career. Uh, you know, now um, transitioning into my next chapter, I, I feel like New York is the perfect place. And I, I just love being part of the city and MSG uh, where I work as an ambassador now and, yeah, you know, I'm just having fun with it. The actor strikes over. Can can I help you with motion pictures? <laughs> uh, I could be your agent. <laughs> you know what? When I played, uh, I was so focused on next game, next performance. Now I'm very open to life experiences and kind of see where it will take me. I don't know what I'm going to do in four or five years. I just know right now I really enjoy Mayor what I'm Lundqvist. doing. So. It, Keep an eye it, out. It, the, the, you know... Uh, the only thing that was missing was was a cup. Can you envision yeah. being a president, a GM, and 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 getting a cup another way now? Um, right now, I, I just love exploring. I want to be part of the game for sure. I love the game. I'm a big fan of the game. But the day to day, be part of of hockey, is not something I'm looking for right now. Uh, but again, I, I don't know what I'm looking for in ten years or or down the road. I just love, you know seeing other sides of, of the world right now and yeah. in the city and, and people and, and the hockey world I know, but we'll see down the road what happens. Well, we look forward to whatever you do. We'll be following closely. We can't thank you enough for making time for us, man. I, I've, I've tried on a couple occasions, but uh, getting you today was worth the wait. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Good to see you guys. Thanks so much. Happy we appreciate Thanksgiving. it. The great Henrik Lundqvist, Hall of Famer, Ranger great. I really like him. <laughs> you couldn't even get hands. <laughs> I'm so happy it wasn't on screen with that weapon. Hey. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, even the curtains look better with him in the shot. And 
Do you think and that my, sweater he was I, wearing? Do you think I could afford that sweater with my no, biweekly paycheck? No, no not no, even close. Month? No, okay. We would never look that good in that sweater. <laughs> all right, all right. He said he. Someone texted in and said Hendrick Lundqvist and Justin Bourne. <laughs> Who wins the battle of the salt and pepper beards? Gonna go on a limb here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy who's on the Tonight Show playing hey, guitar. Yeah, I'm gonna say even my wife would not be <laughs> selecting me out of that uh, that duo. Yeah, no. he's like, he just reeks of like star and too sexy. And you know what though? I love his answer about like, would you like to you know be involved in the game? And he's like, I'm Henrik Lundqvist. I have New York City at my beck and call. Like yeah. he's going to explore it. He might be in the opera. It is one day. I don't know. He'll do whatever he wants. He's watching like half the general managers and presidents like Ugh. like can't even sleep at night. Yeah. No. He- exactly. Right? Henrik sleeps. Yeah. Let me tell you, boys. Henrik and, sleeps in our in silk pajamas. <laughs> Okay, that's how he sleeps. <laughs> silk pajamas. He's not even that comfy, but I just wanted silk. Oh, my God. Kipper, you got a man crush on Hank. Yeah, I do a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I get it. Me too. Yeah. He's kind of got I life th- figured out. I think out. that's a clean sweep for yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, interesting to get his thoughts on, uh, well, the, the position, goaltending in general for me. It's just, it is different. Like, he even says in 10 or 15 years, you know, he said a bunch of starters retired from 19 to 22, and I didn't think of that. But I guess it is true, like the big-name starters. I'm just wondering if we screwed up the position. Yeah? Yeah. Well, just it is all by, by, by overanalyzing, by over-structuring. Uh, these, we've turned them into robots. I know. Play. They, Stop the hockey There's no puck. personality. And he, he said it when he was describing Hasek. That guy was all about guts and instinct mm-hmm. when he stopped the puck any way i can stop it i'm going to stop it and we teach the kids now no no this is the only this is the way you should do it and they all look the same well, and they're all interchangeable a lot of the goaltending now is if you can beat me on this shot like if i take away all this and you beat me good for you there's no like trying to take away that extra whatever it's like i'll leave that there if you can hit it that's you know way to go so yeah, paint by numbers mostly. I was I was just looking at the games played leaders from last season. I was surprised that there were seven guys that played over six. <laughs> oh no, it's spreading. Yeah, right. It's spreading. My cough. Sorry about that. You're right. all right. Seven guys me. over sixty games. I'm trying to save Sam. I don't know what he's talking about. But if I had to guess, seven over sixty. Soros, Hellebuck. Uh, I don't know if I'm back. Am I back? No, I'm <laughs> no, not. <you're> not back. <laughs> I just think that that's more guys than I would have expected yes. at that level. Over over 60, having seven guys. Like, I thought it would have been way less than that. Yeah. I didn't want to put him on the spot of having to know who Joe Wool was, so I didn't ask him about him. Do we still believe that uh, Vasilevsky, the pecking order is Vasilevsky, uh, and then uh, Shesterkin? Sorokin then has been Sorokin's so good. Been okay. this, this year, he's not been good. He's been okay. Eh, no, no, he's not even okay. No. Not, not where the Islanders are. He's been like minus two goals below expected or something. We're going to get into the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, oh, how's their goaltending? Yeah. Okay. In, in the next uh, hour of our show. But, uh, you know, is there a world you see where they go after Saros in Nashville? You know, Sammy and I were talking pre-show, like, as soon as Nashville's ready to say we're not a playoff team, the Soros thing almost certainly has to happen. And that is a large prize it's, for a lot of teams. Yeah, it is. But 
not the Edmonton Oilers, if they don't do something a lot sooner than maybe oh. Nashville is ready. What I, what what good is Saros doing Connor McDavid or, or Leon if if you don't make the trade now? The thing is Saros makes so little, it's not just not so little, but you know, it's a manageable thing with retention. I think he makes under six, so fifty percent retention. You're looking at three. Could the Leafs another team would be the Kings for him. Yeah. Another team who has real aspirations. Yeah. And they're I think they're Cam Talbot's playing a ton. Like that's that's a team to me that if they got him there, they go into the upper echelon of contenders if they get him. Yep. Even if the Leafs goaltending doesn't really improve that much over what we see already, there wouldn't be anything to suggest that the Leafs would want to up that. There's there's it, as long as it's just good enough, they will attack maybe the blue line yeah. or a th- bottom six guy, but not not the net. Would you no. agree with that? I would. And so that'll be interesting for Nashville. If there's not a lot of suitors, they want to make the move sooner than later while there are a lot of teams who think they're still in it. All right. We'll pick up that conversation on the Edmonton Oilers uh, after the break. Our thanks to King Henrik Lundqvist, Hall of Famer, joined us on a Zoom call. If you're just joining us now, make sure you download our show or pick it up on YouTube. Sportsnet Plus, you can always find it. uh, Fantastic 15 minutes with Henrik Lundqvist. We'll take a quick break here, and we'll pick it up on the National Hour with Justin Williams, former NHL forward, three-time Stanley Cup champion, and, of course, the Conn Smythe winner in 2014. Doesn't get any better than that on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show.